Well, Heavenly Father, thank you. <laughs> thank you, God, that you make known to us your eternal purposes. Thank you, God, that you conquer. Thank you, God, that you vanquish your enemies. Thank you, God, that you're on our side and we're in you. We just praise you and worship you and lift you up. We bow our knee to you. We lift up the name of Jesus higher. We lift the name of Jesus in our circumstances so people can see that we're different. We just love you. We love you. We magnify your name. Thank you, God, for your presence here. Thank you, God, for your instruction. Thank you, God, for your goodness. We can never stop thanking you. There's so many things. Thank you, God, that um, for the word that we're going to receive today and the encouragement. We lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. So who wants to be encouraged? Good. Good, good. Okay. Just give me a second. <laughs> So this isn't going to be a rah-rah kind of encouragement. I'm going to maybe come in through a back door, um, but this is going to be encouraging. <laughs> so I'm reading, going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. For God said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness. He's the one who has cascaded his light into us, the brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So I have been really struggling, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm fighting depression, I'm fighting uh, attacks of the enemy and lies, and, um, but through all that, I know that God is working in that to bring himself glory and to benefit me. I've seen it time and time again throughout my life, I know it's true. Um, Moses became weary in the battle. He became exhausted and needed the help of his brothers, okay? Even Jesus showed us that agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he, you know, he wasn't like, I can do all things, you know. He, he actually agonized and sweat great drops of blood. And I just want to say that I haven't witnessed in my life good, uh, good caring from the church. There's always a lot of platitudes and stuff. And let's be people that can be real. Because how can our brothers and sisters lift us up if they don't know? You know how? And, and if we despise someone in agony and say you're just not doing good enough, what? That's not okay. So. Let's be a culture here in our home, in our house, that we truly care about one another. And like I said, I've, time and time again, I know that God works things out for good. He's a redeemer. He hasn't just redeemed us for heaven 
everything that has happened in our lives, he is redeeming. And look at when Jesus died on the cross. Satan thought he'd won, but God had an eternal purpose. It looked to people like things were not going well. Look at a pregnancy, morning sickness, fat, big belly, stretching skin, okay, but something is happening. There's a baby coming. So things are being birthed in all of us. And when you can't, you can't make it through the day, sometimes I just say the name of Jesus. Sometimes I can speak in tongues. Coming here is a huge blessing to me. It's a huge blessing. Okay, I get that fuel. So be real. It's okay. <laughs> so does anyone else have any ministry for us today? Okay, Debbie. Praise the Lord. Uh, oh, the trials have been great, but God is greater. Yes. <laughs> and we were singing, All Hail King Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Whatever circumstance, I just want to say that you're going through. I thank God, I thank God that he's greater. No backup, don't come hug me. <laughs> oh, I dripped all my mascara off. <laughs> oh. Yours is a kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. You, this sweet girl right here saw me cry and she came up and she spoke to me the words of the Lord that not to fear God is around you and I heard you and I know that because that's what he told me this morning praise God he uses even the little children so good So I think what I want to say is exalt God above your circumstance. It's a battle. It's a battle going on. And as we were singing that one lyric, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory, when it got to the power and I felt that sword just breaking And it's a fight, but we're not alone. And I covet your prayers for my family. One's dying, one's in jail. And it really hurts. Debbie, would you be willing to come back up? You don't have to talk in the microphone now that you're done with that part. We can make you cry more if, if it's okay. It's good cry. It's good tears. Why don't those of you that were getting ready to rush up here, would you come, come up?
whoever wants to come up. It can be guys too, don't be afraid, men. Sometimes men get afraid of tears. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to fix it because we're fixers. If you want to prophesy over here, I'll just reach out and give you the microphone. that you bring those errands to help Deb yes. as she's going through this time with her family, Lord. And we're all experiencing those things in our family, Lord, but you come and you can, like she said with the sword, oh, you just cut right through the darkness, Lord. Yes. Lord, and I thank you that Deb knows you, that she stands on your word, that she stands on who you are, Lord God, and that she looks to you in for every direction and guidance in her life and that of her family. Lord, that she has that tender heart of a of a daughter and of a mother and a sister and, and of, a, of a grandmother and an auntie. Lord, that she battles for her family on a daily basis, yes. Lord God. Yes. She takes Lord, everything yes. to you, Lord. Lord. That she stands in the gap for her family, Lord God. That she dispenses your wisdom and your yes. word to her family, Lord God, and that she stands on it. Yes. And I thank you, Lord, that she knows how to bring that light into the darkness through you, Lord. Mm -hmm. So we just ask now, right now for some refreshing, Lord God, yes. from further revelation, Lord, mm -hmm. that you would bring her the rest that she needs and the peace that she needs. Yeah. And Lord, we Thank just you, love Lord. you. We know that she loves you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Deb, I wasn't sure when I had this vision just while we were singing our hymns this morning, but it makes sense to me now. I saw, um, like you, I've been praying for the prodigals in my family. And the word that the Lord gave me said, it's not if the prodigal comes back, it's when the prodigal came back, the Father, that's you and me, Father's heart in us, the Father was on the porch waiting and rejoicing, not looking for the dirt, looking for the gold, and saying, he's home, she's home. And I've been praying and declaring over my prodigals and it's not been a real exciting time. But like you, my future son-in-law, bless God, is in jail. And I'm excited, Deb. I'm excited because he can't go buy any more meth. So he's off the drugs. He's off the alcohol. He's reading books. There's opportunity for change. My daughter now is at our home and she's not drinking and I am excited. Amen. While we sang and said, no, the darkness cannot prevail. I saw angels caring, not being the light, Deb, but, but caring, carrying in their hand that scepter of light. And I saw them going to jail cells, not just TJs, I saw them going into jail cells. So going into the jail cell, Father, that she cries out with a mother's heart, bring the light and change that atmosphere. Make those scales come off those eyes. Let the light of heaven prevail. Let it surround, surround.
around and fill and feed the needs that are there. And Father, the other thing that I saw was I saw these kids when they came out, and I saw them just with reckless love. First I saw them just cold. Their hearts were just flat, just flat like you got to do CPR. And then all of a sudden, boom. Now, Deb, you know, because you almost died on the operating table with your heart issue. But then, boom, God intervened right when your heart split with an aneurysm. The miracle. Deb, that miracle awaits your prodigals, my prodigals, your prodigals, your prodigals, every prodigal, every single one of them, because we including them, are all precious in his sight. And he is on a rampage for him. He is doing what he knows needs to be done. No shame in the jail. Look at the glory Paul brought behind prison bars. No shame with what our kids are doing. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Those kids are covered by our prayers, covered with the love he gives us, that peace that surpasses all understanding. And when we roar with the authority of Jesus, those demons like cockroaches have to flee because the light, the power, the glory, and the love of God flows in there like a river. And I watched this speaker back over here. And when it was just the calm part of that song, the glory, the kingdom, not that those words are not powerful, but I watched the beat come through that thing. It was quiet, and it hardly moved that, that um, uh, picture and that cloth that you gave us, Bonnie. But just prior to that, when it's saying about the glory of God will break the darkness, I'm not kidding you, we gotta put that back on. You will see the, the heartbeat of God. It bounced through that, through that um, speaker system and that, that cloth just went like a fist. And I went for every one of our lost ones. Every one of them beats the heart of God just for them. Yeah, so let our tears be for joy because God's got us all right where he needs us and that we just need to get clean and honest with ourselves, with him, to say, family, surround us as we surround you because we serve an awesome God who is on a war path for every single heart's desire we have that aligns with his perfect, sweet, and gracious love. Yeah. So, Father, peace. Peace like a river. Let shalom peace fill our hearts. Renew, restore. Get her giggling again, Papa. Let her just know that you're in charge again. Father, you declare and decree the goodness of your love on our beloveds. You pull them out when it's time. 
You set their feet on solid ground. You have your will be done. Here on earth, just like it is in heaven, Baba. No fear, no sickness, just joy. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah, it's all about you, God. It's all about you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Bless our beloved. Debbie, <clears throat> excuse me. I wanted to remind you of the lyrics to the Tremble song. Um, peace, especially on the heels of Marilyn just prayed. Peace. Bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break at your name. Still, call the sea to still. The rage in me to still every wave at your name. And then it goes into the chorus. It says, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. So we call forth the lyrics to remind Debbie and Noel through this week. This is not an accident that this song came out. Now and in the order that it did, we remind Debbie and Noel of the lyrics to this, that the rage will still, that the waves will still, and it will silence every fear. In Jesus' name, we call forth the destiny and the purpose that the Olson family has. It will not remain in the dark, but it will be called forth by your light. In Jesus' name. You know, I, I forgot a part. When it was that piece about um, uh, calling forth life out of death, I, I, when I was in Jerusalem, I walked down in the tomb of, of Lazarus, and it was, uh, it was an incredible experience. Who'd have thunk, you know, just... I don't even know if that's the real place. It didn't matter. What mattered was my heart exchange that happened. And, and I just felt things breaking off when I walked down and I came back up and I said, Lord, whatever, whatever death I have on me, break it off. I, I just want to take it off and leave it down there with the, the grave clothes. When we were singing that song, I saw the tomb again. And I saw that spirit, I called it out, I saw, I saw Lazarus without it being, I don't know what Lazarus looks like, but I, again, I, I just saw prodigals. I didn't necessarily see, you know, my daughter's face. I just saw prodigals. I just saw them being called out, coming forward. This is for all of us, not just, just Deb. It's for all of us that, that he's calling them out. He's breaking off the death. He's taken off the grave clothes. He's breaking the chains. He's setting those captives free. I just could hardly stand back there. I thought I was going to grab Nancy, and then I thought, and she didn't know me well enough, but you, you, you do. I mean, oh my gosh, you guys know. It, it, I'm so excited. I am so excited. I mean, I'm just like, woo! I've been waiting. I don't know about you, but a long, long time. And I'm so excited because... Because as I put on our, on our prayer chain thing, today is a good day 
to be standing on the porch and going, and when my prodigal, today's a good day for my prodigal to be walking home. If you'd have told me two weeks ago my child would be back living with me and having the time of her life, OMG. I'd have said, well, I don't know, I didn't get a memo from God. But then I got the memo. And who knew that God could use meth to make all this happen? Who knew that God could use an intervention in jail to make all this happen? Who knew? Um, yeah, now it's peace, healing balm. All kind, and like I told the devil before, I, wait, whatever you're doing, don't think you're getting away with nothing because my kid's just building a bigger and better testimony. Amen. And it's going to reach more people. Going to reach more people. So just thank you, Lord, for that Lazarus. Rise him up from the dead, from the emotions that are dead, from the feelings that are dead, from the thoughts of you that are dead. All that, break it off, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. <laughs> um, for some reason, I kept having the flashback of um, the movie Bambi. Bambi, yeah. Bambi. And um, it was when he was older and he's frolicking through the, through the meadow with his girlfriend and everything's all happy and it's wonderful and carefree and then all of a sudden that other buck comes out of the bushes and they're grappling mm -hmm. and it's a battle and the antlers are locked and you can't really tell who's going to win and it's struggling back and forth and and then Bambi has the triumph over the grappling. And then comes the fire. And the fire sweeps through the whole entire forest. And everything's fleeing, and the, everything's being destroyed. Everything is coming down. And there's the refuge of the island that they end up at. And um, then at the very end, there is, um, he's standing on the cliff. And he's looking down at his double portion that was born in the new season. And so for me, and Bambi represents royalty. He was a prince. Yeah. He's a prince of his territory. And that he was blessed with a double portion when the fire was over. And so I feel like that's a representation of you're going through the fire right now, but when the new season and the new spring comes, it'll be a double portion of your inheritance because that's what they are. Okay. just going to say this real simple because I don't feel like the right person to say this right now because I'm feeling weak myself, but you two ladies, when we we're up here, um, your spines were being highlighted to me, like, and I don't know if, I don't think it's physical. I feel like it's spiritual and I feel like there's a strengthening for you two specifically. Hang on, darling. <laughs> so... Um, but you too, Vonnie, when you were, when I came up here, I thought we were going to just be praying for her. But when I got my hand on you, I realized there was a reason I had my hand on you. And so 
Anyway, I just I, I think there's a few others here, but I don't want to point fingers. But I, you two ladies specifically, I feel like God is strengthening your spine, the very core of your being, um, physically, spiritually. Um, I just see like a rod, you know, the steel rods that they'll put in in surgeries to give to give you new life and and new strength to bear the weight that God brings and the joy that God brings and the portion that God brings. But I just feel like spine, I don't know, I'm seeing your spines. So got some 3D vision going there. There you go. Yeah, we just receive that for ourselves. If you're here and you just want that fortitude, that that spine of like a beam, was it gold? It was actually, it was like a, it was very dark steel. Like it steel. It might be a concrete rebar, hmm. but I, I'm not good with yeah. metals. It just like, I mean, no. very strong, like, pressure. Yeah. Well, the, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. So he is strengthening. So, Deb, when she was talking about um, your spine being strengthened and I got the, um, the boldness, and when you were asking about if you saw gold, but, um, and she saw rebar, what I saw was tempered steel. And it's tempered in the fire. So you're going through the process of fire, but it's strengthening you. On a whole nother note, I woke up this morning with this huge kink in my neck, and that's like not normal, but it just hurt so bad, and I was trying to drink my cocoa, which, you know, that's my big girl drink, and, um, and I'm reading the newspaper, and every time I would turn just a little bit, oh, man, it hurt, oh, it hurt, and I said and to myself, I said, I can't wait to get to church so that when, when they call for the healing team to come up, I can have somebody lay hands on me. And boy, did I get chastised. You know what I heard? So why are you waiting? And I said, well, um, um, and he said, the minute you walk in that door, I'm not kidding you, I forgot all about it, and I'm sitting next to Nancy, and I turned my head like this, and I went, oh, if you saw me, by the nuts, because I'm doing these, no pain, just gone. God is so good. Yeah, yay. I wanted to share something with you that um, happened to me before uh, last weekend. I wasn't here last Sunday. We were camping and went to the Celtic Fair. My son and my grandson participate in that. But <clears throat> and I was out in my backyard, and I have two pear trees this year that have produced a tremendous overabundance of fruit. They didn't produce last year at all. There was a tiny little pear, I kid you not, 
about that big that came off a little uh, branch that we'd already pruned the year before. This year I can't keep up with it. But I was out there and um, I was actually, I didn't have the time to gather the fruit to do anything with it, but I noticed that there was really good fruit that had um, big ones and nice luscious ones that had just fallen on the ground. And so I went around and I was picking them up and, and putting them on a, I have a freestanding hammock that's probably about this high. And I thought, well, I can go back and collect those tomorrow because on the windblown fruit, I have three little renegade hens in my backyard. And they're going around and pecking the fruit. So they'll go peck on one and then go peck on another. And so as I'm doing that, and, and this pile's getting bigger and bigger and bigger of this luscious fruit, and all that's left on the ground is the stuff that's, um, you know, not very good or small or, <clears throat> excuse me, is already rotting or withering. And um, I was just overcome uh, with the Lord and, and uh, showing me about abundance and how this little hen is walking around, this little fat hen, and she's walking around, she's pecking on this one and pecking on that one and pecking on that one. But little does she know, here's this hammock that's just beginning to be heaped with abundance. Well, she doesn't know about it. She doesn't have the mechanism or the, the perspective to know that there's an abundance there. She has no power to reach that fruit. And so um, it brought me in mind of the... Um, uh, scripture that I'm going to read, uh, the, um, power tr the Passion Translation. Things never discovered or heard of or before things beyond our ability to imagine, these are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. Like no eye has seen, no ear has heard. And it was, you know, when the, um, the people that, that didn't know of the Lord, um, they don't have the capacity um, to see the things that are in store for them. They, don't, they, they can't access the abundance. But unlike the hen, we have a mechanism, we have a power of the Holy Spirit living in us to point us um, to, to that and to tell us of the abundance we have through Jesus. There's so much more, so much more richness and extravagance there for us that we don't have to settle for the windfall, for the ordinary, or for the familiar. And he was also speaking to me about familiar fruit and also, like the hen, we can be looking for the familiar fruit that's there for us every day. It's familiar to us, and sometimes we have a tendency to just go for the familiar fruit. But he's saying, he's preparing us that we won't produce the old fruit, but we'll bear new fruit, abundant fruit. He's already seen it. He's calling it forth. We'll begin to see the fruit. We'll begin to see the abundance. He's preparing us to perceive in a new way, a new vision, to catch his perspective. He's preparing our hearts with a new boldness to move forward into the seasons of fruit. So for me, and speaking to me, it's, it's just for me to keep my eyes on him and to keep focus and to declare his goodness and power in my life and, and to look for him in, in everything. That's good stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> when Naira shared that with me over the phone, I was out delivering mail and she shared that picture she had, and it reminded me of a, of a picture I received from the Lord one Sunday in another place, <clears throat> and I felt like, you know, who many, who many, how, who many of you have ever gone camping? Are there a lot of campers in this room, I think, from what I, yeah, I won't tease you. I'm a hotel man. 
I don't like tents, bugs. But anyway, that's cool. But, but I do remember camping, and you guys can agree or, or tell me if I'm off, but have you ever been in a tent that has caught water? There, and it's starting, it's just like you can see it kind of bowing. And what happens if you are in the tent and you touch it? Anybody know? It starts to drip. For some reason, you reach up and touch where that water is just on the other side, and it can create a drip. And I felt like the Lord showed me in a, in a place of worship one time that heaven is just pregnant and ready to drop down on us. And all we need to do, like the chickens underneath the hammock and the fruit is just right there, but they don't realize it's there. They're just picking at the rotten stuff and trying to get by with whatever they see. But there's something in the unseen that, that I believe God is inviting us to, to step into and to reach up. And as oftentimes we hear uh, when Brian Johnson leads worship, he says, pull down heaven with your praise. There's a, there's a pulling down of heaven. There's, there's pulling on the kingdom when we worship and when we fix our eyes on Jesus, who we can't see, but who we believe in. We, we all probably heard that scripture, you know, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. You know, he, Jesus said, blessed are you because you, you've seen and you believe, but much more blessed are us who we're walking by faith. We're journeying through this by faith. I'm not going to preach, but I do want to share a couple little things to tie in with what you guys were talking about. And I was thinking, you know, what might be kind of fun if you guys are up to it, to go back into that chorus of yours is the kingdom and just go right in through all hail King Jesus and we'll end our meeting with, we'll just go back into a time of worship. Is that cool with you guys? I don't think there's many really hardcore worshipers in the room, are there? (laughs) And when we do that, let's pull on heaven with our worship. Let's just pull. I just wanna say, I love Jesus so much. I love the presence of God. I love the word of God. I love the relationship I have with him. When he rescued me almost 30 years ago, this December, my life was changed. I have been wrecked for him. Like, I'm so happy that I'm saved. I'm so happy that I know him, that I, that I get to feel his presence on and off. It's becoming more on than off as I really learn how to sense him, but I love his presence, but I love his word. I love everything about Jesus. I love everything about our God, but if I didn't have you guys, if I didn't have the body of Christ, I would be a mess. I would be lost, and the theme that's been on my heart last week, I talked a little bit about it, tried to kind of break into some teaching on on family. It's still really, really heavy on on not in a bad way heavy, just it's really on me. I feel like God's just saying, just settle in on on this theme of family because there are so many threads. There's something about the family of believers. There's so much strength that we get to pour into one another, that we get to draw from each other, the encouragement. We were never intended by God to be Lone Ranger Christians. We were meant to see the church as our family. And I just wanna say, when it comes to family, 
not only is the church family so valuable to me, and I want to emphasize that onto my children and, and whoever they end up marrying someday because there's such a safety in that place of community in the family of God, but also in our natural family. You don't know how powerful your prayers are, moms, grandmothers, dads, brothers, sisters. You don't realize how powerful your prayers were. When I was lost in my sin, my mom and dad were praying for me. My dad fasted for me. The same man that walked into my bedroom and I had the scales out on my dresser and I looked at him like, please don't make me throw it away. I owe money for this. And he turned around and walked out. The same mom who looked into my closet and saw this big pentagram with a goat head in the middle of it. The same dad that would walk into my room after I had been throwing up outside the house because I drank too much and smoked too much would walk in there and be like, oh, gross, and shut the door and walk out. That mom and dad as much as they saw the darkness in my life, they never gave up praying. And when they got the fruit of me coming to Jesus, I can't even imagine what was going on on the inside of them. But your prayers are powerful and effective. Don't underestimate your prayers, even the little, barely can get it out because I'm so overwhelmed with grief at the moment. But Jesus... He is in the stern of the ship. He is right there. And he's inviting us to just step into the boat with him and to experience the peace that he carries. As the seas are stirring and as life is going on around us and things may look like all hell is breaking loose, there is an unseen realm that we get to pull on, that we get to tap into. And your prayers are not falling on deaf ears. Your father hears every little groan that you're praying out and groaning out. The spirit himself groans with us, with words, with groans that words can't even express. Sometimes there are no words, but he's the brilliant one and he knows exactly what we need. We may not always see what God's doing in a situation. I mean, so many times we can look at a situation and be like, do you not hear me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? But God's doing something. He, it, we don't always see it right away, and we just need to stay faithful and diligent and just keep praying until we see that breakthrough for whatever, whatever it is. So don't, if you're in a situation, you just keep praying because God's gonna, the breakthrough is gonna come. And I feel like we shouldn't hide. So a while back, sorry, a while back um, heard, it was Bill Johnson, he said, when we shelter our children from circumstances, now I get that there's just some extremes that we don't go there, but if we shelter our kids from circumstances, they don't get to experience the breakthrough. And that spoke to me so much. And so I've learned to 
<laughs> sometimes with caution, but learn to, in, you know, say, hey, you need to be praying for this thing or whatever, and so that our kids can see that breakthrough because they're never going to know. They're going to be like, what's the big deal? You know, because we didn't say anything. So it's good. Yeah, and that's why even with praying for for physical sickness and things, breakthrough. When we had my mom in the hospital, I wanted my kids around the bed. They have childlike faith in a way that I don't. I'm a, I'm a child of God, and I believe, but there's just something pure about how simple they trust and believe. So we want to include them in those things. We want to get them, get their hands. I'd encourage you, if you're still battling for, for breakthrough, for physical stuff, have your kids lay hands on you and pray. And I want to encourage you guys, too. Um, I can help anyone who wants to listen to this, but Steve Backlund had a message on not withdrawing your faith because you don't see the breakthrough right now. It's a really good message. I think I might have actually forwarded that on to the text group thing. And another thing, just a, a side little mini tiny sermon, um, Bill Johnson had talked about how I believe it was Daniel, when Daniel was fasting and praying for the nation of Israel. And the angel Gabriel, I believe it was Gabriel, appeared to him and he told him, from the moment you began to fast and pray, I came. But I was delayed. The prince of Persia, this, this principality, this demonic spirit, delayed the answer, an angelic answer was being sent from heaven with an assignment to come to Daniel. But he kept in that place of, of prayer until the breakthrough came, until the angel actually showed up. So your prayers have already begun a response from heaven. And we should never give up hope and withdraw our faith, but keep our faith there and keep pressing and keep waiting and if you're thinking in your, in your mind right now, well, what happens if I'm praying for someone and I keep praying and praying and, and then they die? What then? I would encourage you to put that in, in that place called mystery. We just put it there. It's a mystery because we know God is good. We know that he answers our prayers. Well, that was loud. I don't even have dentures. He answers our prayers. Greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. He, he's for us. He's not against us. Anyway, so I just want to encourage you guys. Do you want to come up and, yeah, get up here. <laughs> come on. Come on, Naira. When, when someone, when you've been praying for somebody and then they pass, we don't know at that very last second what their encounter might be with Jesus. A friend of mine, um, her son who was in his 30s, he had a massive brain aneurysm and he passed out and he never regained consciousness. But while we were in the hospital and she called us all around to pray around his bed, she was devastated because she felt like he never accepted the Lord. And I said, speak to him. He still has hearing. He's not gone yet. And she spent hours speaking to him and talking to him about the Lord. We don't know. We don't know. So don't give up hope. 
What I originally came up here to tell you was, and I'm going to invite you, uh, for those of you who feel led, I've been praying for an explosion of prayer in, in our church family. Those of you who'd like to join me in praying for that, um, just as we you know, lock arms, and uh, that we can all just see that explosion of prayer, see the effectiveness of it. <laughs> 